My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. I'm glad you're here, uh, back for another week of online Sunday School. If you got your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 6. We'll get there in just a second. So good morning to the, uh, the Goebbels, the Brawleys, the Arnolds, the Landers, uh, Wally Reese. Looks like the uh, Archers and the Millers, Albert, the Arters, uh, Unicas, the Ericsons. We got a good crowd this morning, so welcome. I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, we've got a couch full as well at our house, so uh, I just want to make sure you're aware of a couple of things this morning. If you want to find today's handout for today's lesson, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com and then click on the Read tab and scroll down to the bottom of our current Sunday School series uh, to find the link to today's lesson. Uh, But I wanted to just draw our attention just for a second to uh, other churches. So we have in America been utterly consumed with America and uh, news nonstop, uh, but... uh, a, a brother of mine from Canada, Tim Challies, he um, has a website, challies.com, and he uh, got different screenshots and pictures sent in to him of worship around the world this last week, and he compiled those. He has a daily uh, blog. I would strongly encourage you. It's a, it's a blessing and an encouragement uh, to read, but uh, he put quite a few of those pictures together online in an email and sent them out. And this one caught my attention. This is from uh, Believers in China. And if you'll notice, the face is blurred out because it's actually illegal to do what they are doing right there. And uh, I wanted us just to take a moment and be grateful for the shadow of the thing that we are experiencing right now. Many of us uh, have seen your comments on Facebook and various media platforms and uh, that we long to be back together again physically. I share that sentiment uh, strongly. I can't wait to see each of you and greet you. Uh, But uh, let's not take for granted the opportunity that we have to openly gather uh, online without fear of retribution because there are uh, millions and millions of brothers and sisters across the world who cannot do that. So make sure we're grateful for that today, for this opportunity as we uh, go forward. So if you've got your Bibles, I hope you're in Mark chapter 6. Uh, we ask this question each week, what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? So would love to have you uh, type your, your feedback into the comments. We'll uh, walk through those right after we read uh, Mark chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, hopefully you found Mark by now. And... Uh, Exciting bulletin news alert. Uh, I think we will finish Mark chapter 6 today. So I'm pretty excited about that. So uh, three months in one chapter seems about right. So let's uh, quickly review where we are in Mark so far. So in, in chapter 1, John the Baptist is introduced. He, he introduces Jesus in the baptism of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is tempted. He begins his ministry. He calls his disciples. And he just goes on a tear of healing people and preaching and healing, and calling, and answering questions, and asking questions. He declares who he is over and over again. 
We see he is rejected uh, in his hometown. We see him teaching in the parables in chapter 4. We see him calming storms and healing people with demons and raising the dead to life again. And then we're dropped into chapter 6. And here's Mark chapter 6. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. He went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. And some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When the disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place, and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. 
Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat to go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, for the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, countryside, They laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So welcome to those of you that have joined in the last couple of minutes. Um, We're going to be praying uh, at the end of uh, today's lesson for some prayer requests. So if you have those uh, feel free to go and jump those in as well. Uh, the answer, some answers coming in to what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far from uh, Amy. Uh, am I really who he says I am every time I read through Mark? A question that Sabrina mentioned a while ago. Uh, I love that question, Sabrina, and I love uh, the, the thought going into uh, are we really who he says we are? And uh, surprise, uh, or not, uh, it's a resounding yes. We are exactly who he says uh, we are. That's for you, Gracie. So let's take a look at uh, Mark 6, uh, 35. Uh, we're getting into the uh, first couple of, uh, the, the last few verses in this particular section. So looking at verse uh, 53, uh, we see, when they had crossed over, so a couple of things about this. One small rabbit trail, then I'll come right back. So the, the word chi, the Greek word there for and uh, or when or then, this transition word, uh, you'll notice that the count now is at 1,083. Before it had been at 1,086. This is not an error in the Bible. Uh, this was the correction that I told you guys that I was going to go back and make to the numbers, taking out those last couple of phrases in Mark chapter 16 that were the extraneous content that is not biblical. So just a heads up, that math has been baked back in, uh, and I'll be posting those in the next couple of weeks, uh, fixing the handouts that are online as well. But back to verse 53. Uh, When they crossed over, so the they here is Jesus and the apostles, so they're in the boat, uh, and when they crossed over, and, and I want to draw your attention back to verse 45 for just a second, because in verse 45 The text says, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. So 
He told them to go do something. And in last week's lesson, we saw that they struggled painfully, that they were having trouble with this. Jesus walks on the water uh, and tells them to take heart, don't be afraid, it is him. And he gets into the boat with them and the wind ceased. But him getting into the boat and making the situation uh, smoother, if you will, for them, didn't negate his earlier command to go. So in verse 53, we see that they actually cross over. They finish. They are obedient to what Jesus uh, tells them to do. Now, the interesting thing is here that they required Jesus' help to be obedient to what Jesus told them to do. And it shouldn't come as a shocker to us today that we require Jesus' help uh, to do what Jesus tells us to do. And the beautiful thing is... God sets an expectation, God provides the answer, and then God enables us to live out uh, biblical responses to his original expectation. It is all by, through, and for him. It is not about us in any way. So when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret. So just to make sure we know uh, where we are, this is uh, Israel. Uh, and it's Palestine at the time of Jesus. And I'm going to blow up this little section right here. So this is the Sea of Galilee. So we believe they were coming somewhere over here. They went to Bethsaida, and they come back. They're over at uh, Gennesaret here now. So it's just on the northwest side of the Sea of Galilee. So they came to land at Gennesaret and moored uh, to the shore. Now, if you're looking at your handout, so if you've got your handout, I'm at the bottom of page 204, uh, the word for moored is a, a word that literally means to, to moor to or to, to dock at land. Uh, but the phrase to the shore is not actually in the original text. This is added by the translators to help us have a better context of what's actually going on here. So just a heads up that when you don't see a bracket after a word or two, it's because those words have been added. In some translations, they'll italicize words. The King James, the New King James do this to let the reader know, hey, we've added this for clarity and English purposes. Uh, it almost never changes the original, uh, the original version of the text, but the ESV doesn't do that. They don't add those italics. So just a heads up on that. So verse 54, and when they got out of the boat, I'm at the top of page 205 now on the handout, when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. Now, we've seen earlier in Mark chapter 6 that uh, the disciples themselves were recognizable. And uh, we saw, we, we will see later on in uh, the end of Mark, uh, in the end of other Gospels, that, that Peter himself was recognized uh, as, as by the slave girl that, uh, that at Christ's crucifixion, and she challenged him and says, yes, you were actually with him. And uh, he denies this and denies it and denies it and the cock crows and the famous story continues, but the uh, the reality is the uh, that sound was my uh, uh, wireless speaker going off from playing the music earlier before the actual teaching part of the lesson today began. If you if you enjoyed that uh, the the music before, let me know. We'll do that again. If not, then that's fine. But I like that music, and that's usually the CD that I listen to before uh, I teach uh, on a Sunday morning. It's a city alight, all one word, just FYI. So back to the text, verse 54, uh, the people immediately recognized him. So even though the, uh, the disciples, the apostles were recognizable figures, they came to see Jesus. So the apostles have gone out, they have done 
uh, mighty works. They've come back. They told Jesus about this. This has been a really long day. They find out John the Baptist dies. They go to a desolate place. Thousands of people follow. They have to do ministry, ministry, ministry. They get out on a boat. They spend most of the night fighting against the, the wind in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. They get to the shore. They get out of the boat, and people recognize them. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. It is a torrential pace here. So verse 55, so don't miss the fact that Jesus is the star of this show, and he still is the star of our show. Verse 55, they recognized him and ran about the whole region. They ran about this whole region. So this whole region of Galilee, this would have been one of the regions of this area. Uh, there are people from all over coming to be where he is. Because where he is, is where amazing things happen. So around the whole region, and he began, and they began to bring the sick. Now this word for bring is uh, a present active infinitive, but there's also another verb there, echo, uh, that's a present active participle. This echo is a, it's a holding onto. They were, they were repeatedly holding and holding and holding and bringing and holding and bringing and holding and bringing. This is lots and lots of work on the effort of those who were not sick to bring the sick to Jesus for the potential for healing. Uh, so they began to bring the sick, uh, the sick people. Again, this word people is an added word as well, uh, on their beds. Now we see this word for beds earlier in Mark. If you flip back to Mark chapter 2, uh, you'll see this come up when uh, Jesus heals the paralytic in uh, Capernaum. So we see him uh, when they could not, verse 4 I'm looking at, when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they, they his friends, Right? They removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. So we see in Mark chapter 6 several of these instances. You'll see it here with the bed. You'll see it again here in a moment with the fringe. These instances where there's a, a specific example given earlier in the gospel, and then apparently this word got around because now it's multiple people bringing multiple sick on their beds to wherever they heard he was. So they've set this expectation, they've heard these miracles, and now everybody wants to get in on this. You, you could actually say this has gone viral at this point because there's so many people coming and coming and coming and coming. All right, so we get back to the, the text here. So they began to, to bring the sick people on their beds wherever they heard he was. Now it didn't say wherever they knew he was. It says wherever they heard he was. There's a rumor he's over here. Well, let's go over there. There's a rumor he's over here. Well, let's go over there. And if you hadn't figured it out yet, you wouldn't have just put this person in their bed on the back of your car and driven them somewhere. You would have carried them to where they were going. You would have carried them to the next town. You'd have carried them to the countryside. You'd have carried them to wherever they heard Jesus was. And there was no guarantee that he would still be there, but the word was out and everybody knew we see in earlier in Mark chapter 6 that Herod had heard about Jesus. And the, the elite people that Herod ran with had theories about who Jesus was. Herod had a theory as well. So to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. In verse 56, and wherever he came in, and now I'm at the top of page 206, in villages... Now, the word for villages are uh, a small hamlet. This is, this is a, a very small place. This is not a, uh, you, could, you could almost consider this to be a, 
a one-stop sign town type of a place, uh, in villages or in cities. Now, cities would be uh, substantially larger. These would have been places with uh, perhaps a wall around the town itself for protection purposes, something that had been built up uh, quite a bit more in villages, in cities, or the countryside, uh, or the countryside. And this is the, the rural places. So I don't know where you grew up. I grew up in a rural area. I've never learned how to say the word properly. My son is laughing at me right now because I, I can't say the word properly. Um, side note, real quick, uh, thank you all so much for all of your prayers for Caleb. He is now, what do you weigh? One thirty-five. One thirty-five. He's five eleven. One thirty-five. Uh, so you can, uh, whatever with whatever fervency you were praying for him to grow, we can like tamp that down just a bit. I, I'd like a few more inches and a few more pounds, but uh, let's like the the curve looks really good. Uh, we're we want to like de-escalate just a bit. So thank you so much for that. Uh, we may have him on a future uh, a future lesson. We'll see. So the, the text here in verse uh, 56, wherever he came in villages or in cities or on the countryside, wherever he actually was, this is where people came. They came and they came and they came and they came. And the beautiful thing here is that Jesus went to small places, he went to big places, and he went to places out in the middle of nowhere. Because Jesus is for everybody everywhere. So what they do when they got to him? They, they laid the sick in the marketplaces. Now, this word for laid is an imperfect tense. It means it's action that's continually or repeatedly happening in past time. So they would lay them here. They would lay them here. They would lay them here. They would lay them here, hoping that when he came by, they were there and they hit the right spot at the right time. So they laid the sick. And this word for sick is actually a verb. We think about sick uh, the sick as being a noun, but the sick is these were the people who were present active participle. They were habitually sick. This was not a, I have a cough today and it's a one-time thing. This is repeatedly, repeatedly. This would be chronic, very likely lifelong type conditions that they would have had. So they laid the sick in the marketplaces or the thoroughfares. This is where he would have likely had gone. And they implored him. This word for implored is a, it's a strong word. Uh, this is also in the imperfect tense. It's actually action continually or, or repeatedly happening in the past. They implored him over and over and over. And you can see where, where these, uh, this word is used elsewhere in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, the first time it's used in Mark 1, verse 40. I want to point this one out specifically. In Mark 1, verse 40. This is the, the leper that comes to Jesus. I believe this is the first leper that Jesus cleans, that Jesus cleans. Uh, verse 40 says, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. I've often wondered if if that leper's story, if the degree to which that leper implored Jesus, that he he begged Christ to heal him, if that particular way of appealing to Jesus got out as well. If it wasn't just a, well, that's nice that, that's nice that you, know, you asked him, but there, there seems to have been a very common way that people would come up and ask. And this word means to call near, to entreat, to exhort. Uh, this, is a, this is a passionful word. This is not a word that is devoid of passion or, or distance. This is something significant. They implored him that they might touch 
that they might touch. Now, I've got a mistake on the handout here in verse in uh, page 206. This word for touch, uh, it's actually in the text, but I, I dropped the Greek in the wrong spot. So the G680, a couple of lines down, is actually the word for touch. Hey, Gary, good to have you this morning. Glad to see you're in the Sunday school. Uh, and Michelle Denham and Trish McGarvey. Hello, hello, hello. Shanda Lee and Sarah McClure and uh, several votes up for the music. So fantastic. We'll keep the music going. That's good. Uh, oh, that's beautiful, David. I love the comment there. When you say the whole region, people would come. I'm reminded that while I was in Honduras, how folks will come out of nowhere to hear God's word. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. That's a really, really beautiful thing. That's awesome. So this, this word here that they might even touch uh, and the word for touch is in the subjunctive mood. This is the mood of possibility or potential that, that, that it's very well translated, that they might touch, that there's an opportunity to reach out and to touch even the fringe or the margin or the, the edge, the tassel of his garment. And, and Jesus was a rabbi. And one of the things that rabbis did is they had specific clothes. Rabbis would wear uh, very specific garments. Uh, Josh Landers, when he taught on this topic earlier in, in Mark, did a fantastic job with pictures, the whole nine yards. I'll just refer you back to that lesson. It was spectacular. He did a great job. Um, but they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And we'd already seen somebody touch the fringe of his garment up to this point in his ministry. And she was made well. Word got out. Word got out about the lepers. Word got out about the lame. Word got out about the people who had these chronic issues and illnesses. And these people were doing everything they could do to get to Jesus. This is a beautiful Savior. This Savior didn't stay cooped up and make people come to him. He got out and he went to people to serve and to minister and to heal and to proclaim the good news that he was the good news come to set the prisoners free. It's a beautiful, beautiful message. So they might touch even the fringe of his garment. As many, and here's, the, here's this beautiful sentence at the end of verse, uh, this last verse in Mark, in the end of Mark chapter six. And as many as touched it were made well. Now, I don't know if you have a different translation or not than the ESV, but the ESV translates the Greek word sozo as to made well. This word's used many times in Mark, 15 different times in Mark, but it means to save or deliver or protect. And the context is very important for how, knowing how to uh, specifically translate this particular word. If you were to just say the word sozo, you would generally lean toward an interpretation of salvation. But in this particular context, these were sick people, and the, the author here, the Holy Spirit and, and Mark, they were communicating this context of physical healing. Touched his garment and you're made well. Now, in, in different parts of the world right now, the coronavirus is uh, running rampant. And in different parts of the United States, it's running rampant. And I guarantee you, if somebody had a significant illness right now and was inflicted with that thing, and if you told them, if you told their friends, if you told their family, if you can get them over here to this person and just touch him, they'll be made well there would be a storm of people cascading around. Um, uh, many of you know that Caleb has had some medical issues for quite some time, and we have regularly made trips to Cincinnati because the best people that we can find anywhere are in Cincinnati. 
in the hopes that when they lay their hands on him for physical therapy, that there is something specialized that they can do. And I promise you, if there was somebody on this planet that we could take him to, that we could have that person touch Caleb or Caleb touch that person and he be made whole, we're there. I don't care about a quarantine and I don't care about travel restrictions. We're going to go get him healed. And, and that's coming from somebody who we started our quarantine. I'm looking at Julie now. We started our quarantine on March the 12th, I think. So we've been at this a while. We're old pros at this point. For you rookies that just started three or four days ago, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Uh, I see a comment here from Becky right now. Can you imagine if Jesus were out teaching in person today, how many sick people would be t- uh, seeking out to touch his garment? Absolutely. They all would. It would be unbelievable. They would just be crashing here. And the beautiful thing is that all of these friends of these sick people brought them to see Jesus. They brought them to see Jesus over and over and over and over. This would have been exhausting work. They had jobs to go do. They had lives to go live. They had families to go take care of. They had other responsibilities. But they looked at their sick friends and they said, they need help. And here's a man that can help. We're going to go get him some help. And what happened? As many as touched it were made well. See, Jesus can't help but be Jesus. This is not a matter of, well, there was a magical garment. It had nothing to do with the garment. It had everything to do with the man wearing the garment. Because Jesus is God. And just because you wrap flesh around it, and just because you put a beautiful robe on top, he's still God. And that... Healing power is just oozing out of him. It is unbelievable. To touch a garment and to be made well is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So one of the things I love about Mark chapter 6 as we finish up this chapter, it is a a encapsulation of all the the smaller stories that we have seen so far. So we started off with this uh, talking about John the Baptist and introducing Jesus. We resolve John's story in Mark chapter 6. John dies in Mark chapter 6. We see him healing people and healing people and healing people. We see him incredibly famous in Mark chapter 6. So as we go forward, starting next week, we'll do an overview of Mark chapter 7. But as we go forward, I want our mindset to shift quite a bit. Because up to this point, we have had a a, a bit of a microscopic view of Jesus that when he goes somewhere, there have been crowds that have come around. But in Mark chapter 6, everything shifts and changes. He is radically famous at this point. Radically famous at this point. So let's take a look at... Um, oh, well done, Becky. Maybe we should have you stream uh, Sunday school from your house one day, and you can teach us a lesson. I think that would be really awesome. So um, so uh, application, uh, what is the point here? So a couple of points, uh, just real quick. Uh, application is just uh, what is the point, and personalization, what do we do with that point, Right. So application number one, what I have written in my notes, is Jesus saves. Um, So don't miss the big, incredible, amazing, overarching theme of this particular piece of text. Jesus saves, right? So don't don't get distracted on the, the Greek tenses or all the other pieces. This is the beautiful thing. So what do we do with that? Well, we go to him and bring the sick only to him. Because there is an exclusivity around Jesus' ability to save. It's not a, well, there's somebody over here that's great, and somebody over here that's great, and somebody over here that's great, and somebody... No, 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 no. There was nobody else in this story, in this particular text, that is healing people. It's, it's an exclusivity 
uh, only and solely for Jesus. Application number two that I have in my notes, uh, Jesus is worthy of attention. I'm going to show you guys what I'm looking at, by the way. Um, so this is what I'm looking at. So I have a, uh, my video, and I can see your comments in the sidebar. And then I've got my notes uh, that I, it's literally the handout that I just jot some notes on before uh, I start teaching. So I'm literally using the exact same set of notes that you have available to you. So application number two, Jesus is worthy of attention, focus, and recognition. Uh, so not only does he say, but he's worthy of attention, focus, and recognition. So, so what do we do with that? Well, we, we go to him and we bring the sick repeatedly to him. This is not a one-time only thing. One of the things that I love to see and I miss so dearly is our weekly prayer request sheet that uh, to see those names at the top that we pray for every single week for salvation, to see those names in the middle that we pray for every single week for healing for some type of an issue, to see those names every single week that we pray for for a wide variety of issues because our God isn't a God who says, you get to ask me once or twice, or three times, and that's it. That's your limit. That's your limit. Right? We watched uh, Aladdin the other night as a family, and uh, Aladdin rubs the, the lamp, the genie pops out. We watched the original version, not the new version. The new version just doesn't hold the candle, so don't debate me on this. You're just wrong. Um, <laughs> and the genie pops out, and you get three wishes. How, how grateful uh, can we be to our God that he doesn't limit us to three wishes, and that he doesn't ask us to wish, but he asks us, to trust and to believe that he is our savior, that he is our king, that he is the one who can make this happen. So what's the point? Jesus saves. Jesus is worthy of attention, focus, and recognition. And then application number three, Jesus is for everyone. If you're in a city, if you're in a village, if you're in the countryside, he's for you everywhere. Everyone, everywhere, he's for you. If you're having a hard time, he's for you. If you're having a good time, he's for you. If you're pulling your hair out because homeschooling is way harder than you ever thought it might be, he's for you. If you're the one being homeschooled and you're not digging this too much either, he's for you. If you're sick right now, he's for you. If you're well right now, he's for you. If you can't stand what we're going through right now and you believe it's all a hoax and all a fix and it's all just made up by the mainstream media, he's for you. If you believe that this is all real and really deadly and really serious, He's for you because Jesus is for everyone, absolutely everyone. So what do we do with that? Our personalization with that, we go to him and we bring all the sick to him, not just some. Jesus is for everybody we know and for everybody that we don't know. He is exclusive. He is worthy of repetition and he is comprehensive. It's not just for some. And only Jesus can do what Jesus can do. Only Jesus can do what Jesus can do. Any substitute is unworthy. Any substitute will disappoint. Any substitute is insufficient. Only Jesus. We have a spectacular opportunity right now in our country, I believe for the next week or two, to develop habits and patterns in our lives in ways that many of us have never had the flexibility to do so before. So many outside voices and influences have come to a grinding stop and we have an opportunity to build good biblical habits in our lives moving forward. I pray for us that we are satisfied in and with Jesus 
and not with something else that's shiny, that's all around, that's distracting and vying for our attention. Because only Jesus saves. And Jesus always saves. He is the only way forward. I'm not saying rural again. I did it. That gummit, Barry Cole. You got me, you turkey. All right. So down at the bottom of page 207 is our homework. Uh, what we are planning to do next before we get to the bottom of the page. So just so you guys know, uh, the when I'm talking live, what you see online is about 10 to 12 seconds later than what I actually do live. Uh, so all the laughs are coming in now. That makes me really funny. That's good. All right, so if you're interested in subscribing to any of our YouTube or weekly email or podcast, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com, hit the subscribe button, it'll take you there. If you're interested in becoming a member of Our Sunday School, it has nothing to do with attendance. It has everything to do with adhering to the membership expectations. So you can go to the About Us tab, listen to the lesson that's there, and uh, we would love to have you be a member with us and study God's Word on a regular basis. Uh, I don't see... Uh, any prayer requests that have come in other than the prayer request for uh, Kristen and Brandon and Augie. Yay! We're so excited! Uh, it was fantastic. It was so fantastic to see uh, to see pictures of Augie and that uh, the birth went well. Uh, we were thrilled about that. Uh, so let's take a moment uh, for prayer, and uh, then it will give you a couple of minutes to Top off your coffee, uh, go to the restroom, and then head over to one of the Facebook pages at Stewart Heights and uh, join us for worship this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being a God who is not caught off guard uh, with anything that is going on in the world today. We thank you so much, Jesus, that you are sufficient to save. We thank you that you are sufficient in hard times, you are sufficient in good times. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that you have not abandoned your people. You have not left us. Uh, you have not stopped empowering us to live out the fruits of your Spirit. And Father, Son, and Spirit, we thank you for your beautiful acts of ongoing love. We thank you for what you have done in the past for us. We thank you for what you are doing right now for us. We thank you for the promise of a future that is so much better than anything we experience right now. Uh, we praise you for the birth of new life this week. Even as the news is dominated with death and sickness and illness, we, we thank you so much for Brandon and Kristen's son, Augie. We pray a blessing over his life. Father, we pray that you would draw him close to you quickly, that you would allow him to see your salvation that you would allow uh, Augie to place his faith uh, in Jesus Christ at a very early age and that he would be a, a mighty man uh, used greatly by you. We uh, pray for Kristen in her healing, uh, that she would uh, recover quickly and that she would be back to full strength as, as quick as possible so she might relish and enjoy this time uh, with her family and that uh, might be able to, to serve and to be the mom and the wife uh, that you have called her to be. And Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity. We, we thank you for uh, this shadow of a substance that we so desire to be back with. Uh, we thank you for the longing in our hearts that you have given us to be with our brothers and sisters. And we thank you for this opportunity to share, to pray, uh, to engage, 
And uh, we just uh, praise your name. You are a good father. You are a beautiful savior. And you are a wonderful spirit. Thank you so much. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So next week, uh, we will have the, uh, your handout for next week's lesson is already on OurSundaySchool.com on the Read tab, so you can go ahead and uh, go there. Uh, but we'll be doing an overview of Mark chapter 7, walking through all of the homework steps, the pray, the hear, think, talk, share, uh, and invite. So don't forget to uh, look ahead, get your homework done, and uh, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. But in the next few minutes, head over to the Stuart Heights Facebook page and get ready to worship. Thanks, guys. God bless. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.